What's up? It's your boy. We're back on another episode of The Culture. It's your boy, South Beach. I have a couple special co-hosts tonight. They're going to drop some knowledge, a little facts. We're going to get into a couple things. Uh, first, we got Mr. R.C., a.k.a. Rolls Royce Poppy, a.k.a. Mr. Charles. Tell them about yourself. What's going on, man? Uh, well, there's not really that much to say. Just an ordinary Joe, even though you're Joe. But um, basically working on some... Uh, projects in the community, trying to raise mental health awareness, uh, get people out there to understand that they have some more options, that type of stuff, really reach out to some teens and some youth that uh, been working in mental health for almost 10, going on 11, 12 years now, um, just trying to grow. Growth is a very central part of life, same as adaptation, so that's always good positive to hear. So, what are your thoughts currently about this whole coronavirus pandemic that we're currently in right now? Quarantine, pretty much, on lockdown. What's your thoughts about it, given that we do work in the medical field? Well, my thoughts on it are basically listen to the CDC and just heed the warnings. It's just like catching the flu. Whenever someone has the flu, nobody wants to come visit. There's no large gatherings or anything like that. People usually stay away from the person, that type of thing. I'm looking at the whole situation like they're handling it the, the same way, but it's in a larger scale. So, but there's a bigger pandemic that's kind of forming us, the idea that a lot of people are staying displaced mentally because they're staying in their homes for longer than usual times and just in general, it's creating a different outlook and thought process for a lot of people and not everyone's good at coping. That's true. I think our field is about to get well-brushed in a sense because given this whole pandemic, epidemic, what you said, there's been a lot of high-rising anxiety in people. Some people haven't got their medicines. Um, different things caused by it because, I mean, you can only keep a person so locked down to certain things for so long before things start getting kind of weird for them in a sense because people are used to being out freedom walking around and these things help cope with certain things they have like uh, I was talking to a good friend their anxiety was acting up due to this you know just being confined in a sense not confined but confined due to the situation that we face right here so anxiety rising and stuff like that so I feel like we're going to get more business, per se, after this. Yeah, I, can, I would see that. You know, um, I think your friend, what's going on with your friend is happening with a lot of people, with a lot of other problems with and without anxiety. I mean, um, it's a whole new world, for lack of better words, basically. You used to be able to call your doctor's office, go to your doctor, then go pick up your medicine and that was a done deal. Now, it's a, you have to be concerned with opening, closing times. A lot of doctor office, doctor's offices are closed. Um, a lot of people in the healthcare field are really stepping up using telemedicine. You know, to, uh, your appointments are done like in a FaceTime manner, but HIPAA compliant, um, that's really nice. But there's a lot of people out there who struggle with getting to resources before the whole pandemic. Instead, now, those people are faced with a challenge, a challenge on top of a challenge, you know, and that's kind of what got me started thinking along the lines of what I want to do, you know, because there's no contingency plan for this type of thing. Those people are just out there suffering. Uh, symptomology could, but cannot be increasing, and it's just, you never know the side effects or the um, aftermath of it until years later, and that's in a normal situation without the world being in the state that it's in. Just imagine the way it is now, and these people making bad decisions with their families and stuff like that, and long lasting effects. You know, and your friend who has anxiety, it's just, it's a shame that you, there's no options besides going in or something like that. People like that should have a readily available option besides going to the emergency room. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we're in a pretty crappy situation, but there's going to be something like that in the tone, per se. Um, they want to open up things down certain places and stuff like that. And I think it's more catered to 
the economy, how it's pretty much collapsing right now without people out of work, a lot of people unemployed and stuff like that. So they're trying to push this pandemic, I guess, to the side. I'm not saying they're not taking it serious, but they're so more concerned about their bottom dollar because people are out of work, businesses have went bankrupt, failed due to it, small businesses and stuff like that. Um, jobs are cutting back hours and stuff like that, so shortchanging a lot of people that rely on this money, you know, for their livelihood. Because if you look at a percentage, like we had discussed before, majority of Americans, about, about 80%, mm -hmm. depend, they live paycheck to paycheck. So when you short people hours, you short their income. So you're making their struggle even more harder. But, you know, given through this pandemic, a lot of businesses have pushed payments back. Some didn't cut payments. Uh, the big thing was the student loans, the 0%. They're not garnishing anything of that nature right now. So you have time. Yeah, they're recognizing that there's a real problem and there's yes. real issues out there. You know, I mean, the unemployment rate is getting near to 18%. Yeah. About 22 million Americans are filing unemployment. Yeah. And so. those numbers they haven't seen since like the 20s, yeah. early 30s. Yeah. I mean, I even read something where they want to like kind of just square by debt with student loans, which would be great. It would be great. And but I doubt that happens. I, well, they're, they're coming up with some pretty crazy plans. They want to give everyone $2,000 checks for six months. That's the boost. That's the boost the economy back up. Boost the economy up. It's a smart idea because they just because they know people are going to go spend and blow the money. I saw people the other day blowing their money at Walmart, their stimulus checks, or 65-inch TVs, <laughs> which which is nothing wrong with that because, you know, let's be honest, we're all at home, so shit. <laughs> You might as well watch it. You may watch TV, Hulu, Netflix, whatever you go subscribe to in style. So there's no reason. Well, I mean, where are you going to live? I think everybody bought just about the groceries. Yeah. You know, and I mean, paper. Yeah. So these are the major things that's that increased in prices. I mean, they increased in sales, electronics. People that was never gamers now, they just uh, went game crazy because you have to find options. You can only sit and watch so much Hulu, so much Netflix, so many series before that's just not enough. But it's also a positive. A lot of people are going outside now working out more and stuff like that. So it's making us adapt. It's making us go back to the old ways of being outside. Think about what before you had TVs, before you had social media, before you had phones. It was outside playing. More parents are enjoying time with their kids outside. So it's forcing you to do other things besides be in doing nothing. Because yeah. you're going to get tired of doing nothing. And see me, I'm a homebody, so it's normal for me. My days are normal. Work, gym, home, work. So me being inside is normal. And so I'm an introvert, so I, I prefer that. <laughs> and just the thing, I'm getting tired of it. Because there's only so much you can do, you know what I'm saying? I think I'm more tired with the principle that we have to be. You have to be at home. And instead of the actual idea, because I, I love it. You could make 600 TikToks. That's what the rest of America's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have came up with the concept of TikTok. Ah, yeah. It, it, it's a really good idea. Um, it's like a complicated Snapchat mixed with a weird Facebook. I don't know. I, I'm starting to realize I'm from the generation where this is everything that they're coming out with is literally ahead of the curve. I'm not saying that I can't catch the curve, but it's just like, wow. I still can't figure out how people make content for that to the tune of millions of views, but hey, that's people. I really want to start getting on there though and making my own content, kind of uh, informing people about a lot of self-help, a lot of self-building. I know you said that you're an introvert and like you said, due to the state of things, we are having to revert to a lot of uh, activities and stuff like that that our parents, grandparents used to do for enjoyment because you can't go out to these all these places and distractions in the community yeah so just think about it they didn't growing up with them with their past and stuff they didn't have all this stuff there wasn't that many restaurants because everybody cooked at their homes yeah families actually had supper lunch breakfast and dinner 
way back. I'm talking about way back. So it's making you convert back to that. So you have to go back to your natural instincts of adaptation. Adapt or perish. And people be like, oh man, this is the worst and stuff like that. But it's not the worst because we adapt. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing. Yeah, I, I think the, adapt, the adaptation aspect is just human nature, but I really am, I can't say that I'm concerned because I'm not some kind of, like, doctor or anything like that, but it just makes me kind of wonder, like, I consider you a well-rounded person mentally, like, how are the people that aren't introverts, that aren't used to being stuck, how are the extroverts really responding, you know, after you get past the 600 TikTok posts a day, the Instagram, the It's Facebook. almost, it's actually making extroverts and introverts because they want, they do so much, but then there's a cutoff. They're, what else can you do? So they, they welcome into my world. Well, relax. You be at your house. You know what I mean? You got your Xbox. You know, you go on your Xbox, you do some gaming, you know. You want to build your 2K character up, all of them. Want to make sure they get to the 90, get to the 99. Because don't you get something free? Something when you get to the 99? How many people actually get to the 99? You'd be surprised. But you have to really put in work where you buying a lot. Pretty of stuff. sure there's a couple million people in Asia that are on 99. Ronnie is 99. Ronnie 2K. But <laughs> man, you gotta be careful. That's a shout out on here too. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you really are converting extroverts into introverts because they're being stationary. Extroverts are supposed to be out there. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that aren't making the transition well. But They're not. You, because it bring, because of that, it brings on anxiety. You brought on a good word, the, the comfort. They come to you where you have to just be comfortable and, and kind of roll with it. Those extroverts aren't getting comfortable. And based off of that, they're becoming... Poorly adjusted extroverts, or poorly adjusted introverts in this case. Yeah. That's, that's what's breathing on there. Anxiety. Yeah, you know, what, stuff like that. the Norman Bates type of situation. Nobody wants a Norman Bates type of situation. <laughs> so what do you do? I just want to let y'all know we got a special guest. We got another one of our great co-hosts, Mr. Trey in the building. Yeah, it's good. That's why I wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> 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 we were just talking about this corona. See, I wanted to switch up a little bit and be like this because we talked about this, but we never finished it. So we're going to get to a little meat and potatoes of this. Who is your goat of rapping? Your top five. Lil Wayne. Okay. Lil Wayne is top. I thought you was about to name I thought you was about to name Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, Weezy, Tucci. I'm about to say, well, they're all the same people. All five of them. He's going to give all his five aliases. Top five, Lil Wayne. Gonna throw three stacks in there like that time. You know what? I want to, but Drake stole three stacks. But <laughs> <laughs> what you got, boys? I hate this question. Ah. So listen to so much music. I mean, instead of like a, a one through five, I'm just gonna throw five just out. Hip hop with it. Just hip hop. So okay, so like, I'll do Rock Kim. I'll do Eminem. I'll do. Uh, I'll pick up three stacks from the 90s. Um, Drake. It's like the hard, that's, that's the hard part about it. It's the fifth spot that you have to try to feel like, and you know, yeah, like, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ton of people. I, I, I respect like the whole Biggie and Tories. I really do respect that, but I'm trying to keep them alive for the most part. So I, I don't know, uh, go with J. Cole. Like this work, and he's progressively became more and more prolific in his ideas and his content. So you went with a neutralizer. I like people who grow in their music. Yeah, yeah that's always that's how you're supposed no, to. No, 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 no. I mean, like at 30 years old, I don't want to hear you rapping about bitches. You want to hear you 
rapping to you about this? I don't want to hear that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, okay. For, like, you see how Jay-Z started by rapping about how he got all the money and all the cars. Like, you know, J. Cole, Jay-Z, people started doing that. Yeah. You still got, like, as he progressed in life, you hear his rap and change, and I ain't gonna rap about investments, what he wish he would have invested in, into the stocks, all this, controlling this. The funny thing I, is, I, know, I feel like they got one Jewish friend. Him <laughs> and Kanye always reference this one Jewish yeah. thing, yeah. like, yeah. we need a Jewish friend. <laughs> For real. So money. I mean, do we have any Jewish people working? So, Jay-Z actually said something about J. Cole. He was, J. Cole was for the longest one of the first acts he signed on Rock Nation. He still signed on Rock Nation, and most people don't know that. You're talking about on Friday Night Lights? No, before that. This was before that. You got the chain around there. Like, no, he had that opponent. Actually, Neo became the second act. J. Cole was first, then Neo. Neo had actually put out his album before J. Cole dropped something. J. Cole was bubbling because he was doing mixtapes, but it's like a lot of features he was doing and stuff like that. But Jay-Z said, when you see the finished product, you're going to know why I signed him. Because he felt like he mirrored Jay. As I guess you would say, like, the whole Jordan Kobe thing. This is Jordan, but Kobe kind of molded his game out of Jordan. All his moves and stuff like that. I, I think... Not saying Jay Cole is mirroring, mirroring Jay-Z, but the way he's grown. Because Jay-Z has grown. Yeah. Last time. That's his music and stuff like that. That's why he went and signed J. Cole. And Trey made because the comment he likes people that grow with their music. <laughs> I felt that J. Cole grew in a different aspect with his music. So we didn't agree Future grew with his music? Future grew with his family. <laughs> Man, Future was the only the first nigga I ever saw that tucked in a hoodie with a Gucci belt on my outside. I was like, this is weird. But if I had to go top five, it's always hard top five. I'm going Jay, Pac, Nas, M. That's four, right? With the same sound. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm just listening to your type of music. M. Let me see. Man. Sheesh. It's hard. Because I want... It's so many people that you leave off that's actual spirits. They got some people that's actual true lyricists, but they're just not good. I guess production selectors. Because I think Nas is a great lyricist, but I think his beats are crap from his early works. Like, you just boom. Like how Jay-Z dropped the acapella album, the black album. You listen to what he's singing. He has bars. Jay-Z is like a great combination of a lot of things. He's like... He's an entertainer. He doesn't have to be. He's a solid lyricist. He's not the greatest lyricist. But he's good enough to hold his own against a lot of people. And he puts on a show. He has the style. He has the swagger. He has the whole demeanor. But then he grows as his music grows. He's not. He's an old man now. With kids. Yeah, I don't know. I look at James. Me personal bias, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can hear from my list. I'm just going based off of what I you got listen to. Good. You know what I mean? Based yeah, on good. my list, I'm going off of what I listen to. Jay Z to me is a catalyst for a style. You know okay. what I'm saying? I don't think I don't think Jay Z is actually good. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That's what we're here for. I think he's a catalyst. Like people like Kanye. Kanye is not a good rapper to me. He's a catalyst for a style. He's a catalyst for soul. I'm Soul, you, trap, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. For music. I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. At first, I did not like nothing about Jay-Z. <laughs> I didn't, I like, I hated his face. I hated that, stu- I hated the stupid way he laughed. <laughs> I hated everything about him. And Tupac made me hate him even more. And like, I think around, when he dropped the blueprint, my homeboy, you know, was in Northwestern, so he was playing like every day. And I just like, I mean, this guy got some actual bars. Like, cause back then, like, if you was, if you mess with Tupac, you really didn't mess with too many East Coast people. Yeah. Cause Tupac pretty much said, forget all of them, except a couple. So, Jay Z was one. He was always before he became Jay Z to me. In my mind, he was always Hawaiian Sophie. Mm-hmm. So, 
that's that's just how I looked at him as, and I just didn't listen to nothing he did. And then I started listening a little bit later on, like, I was like, okay, okay. Still ain't got nothing on Tupac, but okay. He, he's all right, serviceable. So, and at that time, I was like, heavy into school. So it was just like, screw <laughs> Bro, I wasn't even listening to regular music. Everything was, if it wasn't chopped and screwed, my mind was like, oh, man, it's trash. <laughs> so, and then at that time, Wayne was just starting to fall out with cash money or that whole little thing. And then he started bubbling. He started doing all the mixtapes and everything. Like, that's when he started running yeah. dreads around that time. Mm-hmm. So he just started bubbling with that. And then he started getting, like, the squads. And then he started getting the dedications and stuff. Man, the dude had to put like at least a hundred mixtapes out. And they was just coming back to back to back to back. So you had nothing but content with him. And so for a while, it was nothing but Wayne. That's all you had to listen to and stuff like that. Because, you know, Jay is more old head stuff. So now we're going more progressive and stuff. And after Jay, lyrically, it pretty much was nobody else but Wayne. There was nobody else coming close to rapping like him. Because Wayne had a stretch from what... 2006, 2007 to like 2012, 2014, 2015. He had a good little stretch. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like I'm talking about like his mainstream albums, not his mixtapes and stuff like that. Now when he started doing that, I'm not a human thing. I I don't know about that one. I ain't like that one too much. But everything else, like people hate the Card Three, and I love the Card. But for some reason, people think I hate. They think I hate Lil Wayne, even though I've actually purchased all Lil Wayne stuff, like physically purchased yeah. stuff. But that's because they be like, "Oh man, you so biased to Jay Z." I say I can't help what I like. I say I'm not trying to be biased to Jay Z because I never grew up liking Jay Z. I started liking Jay Z when I was like what, 22, and stuff like that. I say I just go on what I hear. I go on what I can see, like. You paint a story for me. Yeah. And that's how it goes like that. For some people, they're not going to paint a story for you. J. Cole can paint a story for you. And I I started off the same way with Jay-Z, just like J. Cole. I didn't like J. Cole for a while. But I admit it, he can spit. He can spit. And as he grew, as he grew, I was like, hey, yo. Hey, yo, man, this young cat can go. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And I, I, for me personally, I've always preferred him over Kendrick Lamar. And I'm not saying Kendrick is trash or anything like that. I just prefer J. Cole over Kendrick. Some people might be like, oh man, K died killing J. Cole. And stuff like that. I said, it's cool. I said, I just prefer J. Cole over Kendrick. And I have Kendrick stuff, all his stuff too. And I say, I'm a fan of both of them, but I prefer J. Cole more. He just fits me. What about you? I see something bubbling in the head. <laughs> just listening. So what just you listening. Uh, Cole I mean, or Kendrick? And J. Cole's better. Kendrick Kendrick got the whole 360 package. Um, Jimmy Alvin said that whoever, whatever he's making his music, just keep on doing whatever he's doing because it's working. I mean, it's true. Him and Drake. It's like, I feel like neither one of them are really better than a lot of people, but I feel like overall their production, the music they make, the content they put in their music is significantly all good. Everybody else is kind of like stats, C's, D's, and other stuff, and the content may be off, off the charts, but the production is really bad. I would say this. Jay-Z never really made, like, he never really did anything prolific in music. What he did was he changed what New York and upper, up, well, upstate rap went to from more of the Wu-Tang, well, not Wu-Tang, um, Tribe Called Quest storytelling from how he did on Reasonable Doubt, and he blended, blended that through the majority of his discography until it was no more storytelling, and instead he was rapping about being rich, and then it turned into rapping about this whole black renaissance thing based off of what Diddy made. J. Cole kind of stayed consistent and he incorporated the black renaissance into a lot of his lyrics by him talking about the same subject matters, but how blacks need to take pride in those things. See, like, check it out. J. Cole don't even want to his jury before. None of it. 
Yeah, did an interview and stuff like that. He said, this stuff is meaningless. He said, I had the Rolex and I had this and I had all that stuff. That's when he was early on J. Cole. That's when he made Can I, <laughs> J. Cole with Can I Hit It in the Morning mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He said, that stuff is insignificant in the long run and stuff like that. It's about what substance you're putting out. And they say, you start being more, even more conscious about the music you're putting out and stuff like that. What message you want delivered. And I think that's again around time he started growing his dreams. <laughs> And stuff like that. And see, Jay-Z said that is why he signed him. Not from what he was starting from, but what he could be. And he said like the that. same thing about Jay Electra. Yeah. He's well, man, Jay Electronic get on my nerves, man. But they, Jay referenced him in the album. He said, uh, isn't it funny how, I think, isn't it funny how the stuff I was talking about in 2008 started to come true? Jay Electronic was supposed to put out album in F in 1996. I feel like Frank Ocean's album went harder than his whole album. And Jay Electronic's album. It was a compilation album. It was mainly Jay-Z on that album, bro. It was like... It, it was, people wanted to see a Jay Electronic album by Jay Electronic himself. It was Jay-Z in every song. It was a Jay Electronic But the thing is... They, Ghost rap by Jay-Z. They didn't, say, they didn't say featuring Jay-Z. So if that's not featuring Jay-Z, that means it's both y'all songs. You think Jay Electra replaced Kanye in Rock Nation? I bet you he don't own the masters for that song. <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah, and stuff like that. I say, and thing I know, I know Jay on this Muslim new stuff now stuff, and Jay Electronic been on it and all that stuff. That's cool and stuff, all that stuff. Jay Z owned the masters to that. You can best believe that. Jay Electronic was supposed to be put out album for so many years. That's why people got tired of this. Oh man, he said, man, the album coming real soon. That's like Dr. Dre and the Detox album. That nigga, was, that nigga been past Detox. He should be dead by now. Dr. Dre was famous while he was. We were waiting on his album. Sir, Jay Electronic made it sound like he was living in the back of a sir. Delta eighty six, about to drop an album. Sir, Very strange. <laughs> sir, I was in a senior in high school when Detox was supposed to come out. I think we all knew Detox wasn't coming after, sir, after about two, three years. Sir, I was, I was 17. Bro, that ain't happened. He, then he's like, he had his little documentary on what that was. Um, his life? HBO. The defining one. The defining one. That, well, that too, it was his life. So he was like this, yeah, well, yeah, you know, we had some tracks for, you know, Detox. And Snoop was like, yeah, man, we just be waiting for him to put it out. Yeah, I just felt I just felt like it was trash, and I wasn't gonna put nothing out trash. I was like, brother, you know what, man? I'm about to cut this thing uh, biography off, man, because you already made me sick to my stomach. I said, you get these people hopes up, and then boom, it's just similar to like when Cameron was supposed to drop Purple Haze. Purple Haze was supposed to come out in 2002. Nothing. Then he just all of a sudden, yeah, I'm gonna drop Purple Haze. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I said, bro, you know what? Don't just just drop it, and I don't want to know what's coming. Jay Z did a really good job of bringing a lot of artists into music. Like his, all of his producers, a lot of the people he collaborated with all became major. But see, he he, he did. never got. It's not like he became Kendrick or Drake or anyone like that. But he's responsible for bringing a lot of good quality producers and artists of the That's 90s true. and early 2000s. Well, look at Just Blaze. Just Blaze. For a while, the only thing I ever heard was Just Blaze was on 98.5. When I heard Just Blaze. No, don't leave to this one. Just Blaze was, for a while, just doing nothing but J-Tracks. Young Guru. Young Guru. D-Dot. Who else? Then, of course, you know, he found the diamond in the rough. Who's that girl? Swiss Swiss Beats. Don't bring him up. Dame Dash found the diamond in the rough in Kanye. <laughs> Dame Dash became the diamond in the rough in the diamond. Could they go with him? Well, yeah. He fired. He fired. He fired. He fired Dame. <laughs> he fired Dame. And I guess Dame thought Kanye was supposed to go with him or something. I said, so you're going to go with Dame or you're going to go with Jay? Yeah. That, At that time, Jay was still, like, number one. That blueprint time. was nice. Supposed to be like, Kanye... This, I want I want to take one second away from that. I want to say this before you go. Like, the whole thing with J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, and Drake, that, you know, they always kind of putting them all against each other because they all came pretty much at the same time. K-Dot was already bubbling. What made K-Dot get popping? That co-sign from Drake, Poetic Justice. 
That was the first single. Drake admitted though, like on his um, I forgot it's on his um, Take Care. It's like when he compiled all those song, older songs. Right. He yeah, made the, the comment. First, yeah, the first collaboration. They tried to get him to take yeah. somebody who sang, so, and he choose, chose so, for Kendrick and mm-hmm. someone else. Yeah. So if if say this in advance, it's like I tell people like people this. People forget to. That's a, if, that's young if people. Drake never did the poetic justice, would Kendrick still be popping like that? Yeah. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying, but how much longer would it take? Nobody wants to admit though that Drake held like what three, four months straight on datpiff.com. Like, let's just take it back to the basics. On datpiff.com, I, I don't remember a single Kendrick tape. I do remember all of Drake's tapes, all of Drake's shitty collab tapes with Lil Wayne, all Drake's fake mixtapes that people made. Going number one, holding spots number one for weeks. Drake had like, Drake had like a million fake <laughs> Drake mixtapes. They got one called Drake Cakes. I was like, Drake cakes was pretty that's, nice. That's for real. Huh? No, <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm not talking. No, I'm not talking. I'm talking about Drake cakes. It was like a picture of a butt and Drake, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because it was. I was like, is this really a mixtape? Bet you more people downloaded on accident Kendrick Lamar's mixtape. No, but but you knew Drake's official things and stuff like that. This was not official. Cause I, trust me, I've been having a dead piff. For the longest. <laughs> I got six of them because you remember you had the limit back in the day. Because yeah. it's because so, I went. Yeah, no, it's still that way. <laughs> so no, it was actually four. No, four or five. So I go and back and I look at it and I be like, okay. But then you hear the songs and be like, no, that's not the song. That was off the other mixtape when you compare it to the actual. Because like you said, people was just making fake Drake's and J Cole's mixtapes. But J. Cole earned his way up there. Drake, Drake did, him and Drake did songs together. And the funny thing is, Trey Songz discovered Drake. I mean, well, put Drake on first. Drake, Trey Songz had a chance to sign Drake. Like, listen he to did. it. He did. He did. He didn't sign Drake. Yeah, I think that was the it biggest. Wasn't, it wasn't up to Trey Songz. I think it really was, wasn't. Yeah. He big, wasn't in a, in a the, position to, to sign anybody. Because he was still trying to pop off himself. That was yeah. the biggest career decision I think Drake ever made was not signing with Trey Songz. Shit, Trey Songz didn't sign to Trey Songz. <laughs> that was the best thing he did. Because let's be honest, Trey Songz was always cool when we first started. We had the braids, had the little garbage man jumpsuit on, and the video just sitting in and stuff like that. And like then Trey Songz didn't become Trey Songz until he started doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. And stuff like when that. did he start doing what he wanted to do? When he started taking his shirt off. When he started becoming a sex symbol. Like he Who's sex symbol? He's pretty much a sex symbol. So, let's be honest. Let's yeah. be honest. I witnessed this dude pretty much fuck a girl on stage, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, Trey Song was coming backstage after he pulled her from the stand. Yeah. Trey Song. <laughs> Trey Song's is the reason Tony Braxton got a divorce. When he, when he slopped I mean, I see, I see. Number one, Tony Braxton's crazy. Down. Baby proof that. First thing first. Number two, I feel like a lot of people first almost had first. sex on stage. Prince first almost thing. had sex on stage, and he looked I, like a woman. I don't even want to know about that. <laughs> first thing first, Trey Songz tongued a married woman on stage, and that was Tony Braxton in front of her. I'm pretty sure a lot of guys have tongued and a lot what? of married women and, and have been on stage. And guess what? A month later, guess what? Oh, what? That was over. It was over. I feel like. I feel, I feel like Trey would be Trey Songz. <laughs> I feel like he would be Trey Songz. The only Trey Songz song I like was Neighbors Know My Name. That's your spirit animal. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's, That's, one your song. That's, all you need. That's your spirit animal. Trey Songz. <laughs> no. So, Drake was just Drake. He didn't have, he did a, he did a lot of songs with uh, J. Cole. And the more, that never boosted, uh, pushed his career down. J. Cole just earned his career up to where it was. J. Cole was actually out before Drake. Yeah. I think J. Cole, a lot of people learn about J. Cole off the Miguel, when he did that song with Miguel. No. Because Miguel blew up after that album. So. And well, they, so, love, um, so they love Friday Night Lights. So that's like a classic forever. It's the one with all the chicks are in neon on the video. They have like neon lipstick and stuff. And J. Cole raps in the beginning. Then Miguel comes and singing, and then they cut back to J. Cole. It's off the Miguel's like first album, and like it's a it's nice song, and like I like J Cole on that album, even though it wasn't J Cole style. And 
that and he really, like you said, he earned his way up. I feel like this. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The love song. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. I feel like yeah. this. This is how I look at when I compare them and stuff. Like, I don't. I, I can't compare them, but I look like this. Kendrick is a conscious rapper. J. Cole is a conscious rapper. I feel like J. Cole just speak more to the essence of like we're just everyday men. Not saying Kendrick don't either. But it's just something about it's just a certain relatability you got with mm-hmm. J. Cole opposed to Kendrick. I think J. Cole makes you feel hungry about life. Kendrick, I think just kind of He brings a social awareness. I'm not saying J. Cole don't. Like Kendrick's like a Spike Lee joint. Kendrick Kendrick would be comparable to me if we was going back old school rappers to Nas. Listen to what he's speaking about now. And listen, go back and listen to what Nas speaking about. It's the same content. But what you don't get is like you can still go back and listen to what Nas is was speaking about back then. No one's gonna go back and listen to Kendrick. I think in like ten years, not like someone would listen to Nas. Or well, Jay Z or well, anybody that was pro like I think Kendrick is like Taylor Swift. He's a product of this time. He's great. You know, and I think I think Drake's borderline on that, but Drake's going into different genres and he's breaking different barriers. So his sustainability is like lasting. Because Drake's only around because Drake really does have a great good production well, team, the release thing time. You, and the thing is you can go back and look at Drake because Drake has his own style of music. He's in his own category. Like he's supposed to be a rapper, but he's more just an entertainer. Uh, his, his his style of music be so different and stuff like that. A lot of those people think don't about it. Like last though, unless their style becomes bigger. Lil Wayne's style. Lil Wayne lasted, and he said on the last dedication. Lil Wayne's the only person I know that calls every rapper alive. Lil Wayne's like Lil Wayne like kids, and nobody says anything, and everyone's just happy to be called a, a version of Wayne, but he wasn't lying. But look at but look at but look at the style of Lamar. It's it's all mimicked off. Young Thug, yeah. Young Thug is a definite. Just like to say, Young Thug recognizes Lil Wayne hates him. Yeah. (laughs) In an interview, he loves it. Bro, that's a weird dude. He also loves Baby. That's a weird dude. But look at along with Tony Braxton, since you wanted to mention her. For some reason, I got some odd double date thing going on with them too. But the thing is this. Nothing Wayne said was false because look at how they mirror his stuff and stuff like that they took from him. Just like Lil Wayne made DJ Drama like, like, like you know how hard in, that is? DJ Drama was already famous. It's debatable. He was already famous. I mean, he was In New York. Yeah. I just feel like, to yeah. be honest with you, the biggest difference between the Kendrick's, the Drake's, the J. Cole's, uh, I see what you were saying, though. But the, the biggest difference Hey man, somebody had a debate that said you taking a little baby or the baby. I said, well, I said, I said, what are we talking about? In a fight or are we talking about rapping? Like, we talk, if we talk about a fight, I'm coming with the baby every time. So we smashing whoever. It don't matter who. I don't care if they like 10 feet tall. I'm going with it. The biggest difference is these people, like Kendrick, Drake, J. Cole, these are people who do what they do best. Yes, they stick to what they do. It's not they know what they can do, so they they not putting anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, all these mobile rappers just doing the same shit over and over and over. And they putting it out fast because it don't about, take long. Are you speaking about money bag? Hmm? Are you speaking about money bags? Yeah, money bag. For example, I think Kanye can create his sustainability for, for one with his level of sampling. Kanye made sampling a thing. And he continues he to do it. He, yes. he didn't make it a thing. He made it a mainstream thing. He made it his thing. Yeah. And... Off of that, and that's from the blueprint. So he had a lot of samples. I wonder how man, how many clearance he had to get for that. He had to clear a lot of stuff for a lot of these. He doesn't use popular old music to sample. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. You can go back to graduation album, and I had that mixtape too, where they put all the older songs on there. And yes, it's Elton John, the Jackson Five. But when you really sit back and think about it, somebody saved my life tonight by Elton John. You really have to listen to his music. That Michael Jackson song, uh, I'm not going to study Warren anymore. You really got to listen to Jackson Sir, 5. First and first, if 
if you get anything from Michael Jackson, you paying him. Period. Did he own the rights to that, or did Barry Gordy own all that? Like the original Jackson Five stuff. I know Mike owned his own stuff, but did he own the Jackson Five stuff? He might. I mean, I don't know. I think if it well, they were younger, so it might have been Joe. That's what I was thinking. If Joe owned it, then Mike would have to somehow get the masters from him. Jake got the masters. Jake got the masters for you. Yeah, so. One way or another. First thing first. If they're Jackson, you're paying him for it. You think Joe Jackson? Joe Jackson's not going to give that up for free. You're still going to have to come see one of them to get. So, check it out. Kanye did a lot of samples. He did Shaka Khan. He took that. How much he paid Shaka? For Through the Wire. How much he paid? Did, did he have the did he have the pair because he changed the you words? Have clean, you have to get clean. You can change the words, but you know where it come from. Well, some people don't know where it come from. Like at my time, a lot of people. Shaka still got money. No disrespect to her because I know this is a public court. She probably did. I'm, no, I'm just saying. Think, but the thing is, like, money isn't in rapping and stuff like that. Like I'm talking about astron- astronomical amounts of money. Because the label get the most, the biggest percentage of it. Say, you also got. You brought up a good point. The label also dictates how much they got to pay. Yes, yeah. it's not like you're going to the artist. Not that you got to go to the artist to get it. You, you never heard when Fifty did back in the day. Say, when I made eighty mil, Jimmy got paid. When I made hundred mil, M got paid. It's processed to that. So what you think he got yeah. off that? Give Richard Die Trying, one of the greatest rap albums of all time, selling-wise. I think it's like 12 times overtime and all this other stuff. So they sold so many copies. How much money do you think he got for that? Because some people they some people get like maybe a dollar per CD. Back then, physical sales and stuff like that. So you get a dollar per sales. What's the biggest intake? What is the company getting? Think about it. Because you still have to pay your royalties. You still have to pay everything else that they put out for you to push you. Unless you have, unless you put furnish in the money yourself. So they're going to recoup everything they spent on you. Eminem and Dre, Dr. Dre, have, I, I have, like, I'm, they're on the top of the ladder on the food chain, but I feel like they're connected to these big, record companies so when it comes to their deals they've redone their deals redone their deals redone their deals redone their deals so that they benefit from having record deals it's it's Interscope first thing first Jim Iovine getting paid they all played football together in the video yeah that was weird with crop tops bro so you know they're friends the weirdest thing I ever saw was Jim Iovine and and, uh, Shook Knight playing football bro in crop tops and Shook Knight looked bigger than everybody out there in crop tops and then Shook Knight had a cigar and a crop top. Hey man, crop tops was cool back then. Now they're just weird. Net crop tops. That was, was a socially acceptable back then. But look at that. Jimmy Iovine started off his music career what? As a producer. He produced for some of the greatest acts. Period. Then he got into hip hop indirectly. And look at that. He ain't never went back since then. He produced for everybody. So Jimmy Iovine, regardless of that, he'll still make money. And just as a producer. But he does he's more like he's the president of Esco, but he's more like to me, when I watch him and talk and stuff like he's more like a counselor in a sense, a consultant. You, I don't know, you're just really processing what you're saying. Sir. He had Marilyn Manson on Zach. I don't he think had him. He had Dr. Dre in them. He had 50 Cent in them. Who do you think will be remembered more? 40? Or Pharrell? Pharrell. Because the thing about this, Pharrell just not only produced, he did also. I'm talking about just for producing. Just, let's, let's just go with produ- producing. Because that's not fair to 40. But, it's, but the thing is, it's hard to to put him against 40 because 40's not up front like that. You don't see 40. It's, I'm talking and, about the way Pharrell produced over multiple genres of music over his career. Yeah. Successfully. Yeah. I mean, of course he's going to be. Of course, that's what I'm saying. He's going to be. The thing is, like, I don't know what else 40 has done. The thing is, like that. we only know what the stuff he does with Drake because he's in-house. So it's hard to say what else he done because he does the other OVO acts, too. 
Yeah, and all the other OVO acts were really good. Yeah, so, but the thing is, they're not going to get a chance because they were like, I don't want to hear that Canadian trash. But they're not going to give it a chance. I'll list to a couple of them little dudes, they're not bad. Person people sleep on, I think, is very underrated. Party Next Door. He's like, Party Next Door is just like The Weeknd. But he's more, he has a little more hip hop feelish to him than The Weeknd. Uh, I like Party. Party's albums are hit or miss. Weekend's albums are more complete. Well, he's more. I'll put it like this. The Weekend is more like Taylor Swift. His appeal. Get it? Taylor Swift don't have to do nothing. She can come up with an album. I hate you. It's going to sell. And see, like, The Weekend built that from his mixtapes. Think about it. Dude. The Weekend put out. I listened to the weekend last. The album that just came, it's pure trash to me. It's nowhere building up. It's not better than his mixtape stuff. And the album before that was okay. But the thing is, you know, it's not. The weekend has established himself. He put out enough good works that he can put out trash. That he has a fan base. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he pulls out the pop version of all the OVO R&B artists type of music he puts out like a pop version of that yeah I feel like his real his first album I don't know I give him credit for not the last one but the one before that because he was another one he collaborated with Daft Punk and I thought it was that's something that's really never been done before but Kanye did it take a house artist and actually make hip hop it's something around hip hop with it you know, in America, and I thought that was that's that's why I really liked the album. Um, but his mixtapes were like all something special because it was actually what I feel like he's trying to get back to mainstream. Like the music he's making now is like House of Balloons in 2020, mainstream. And the weekend is a really special genre when he tries to do his own thing. The music that he put that's really popular that gained him that huge following, like when he turned mainstream, I feel like that's a lot. That blend is really killing who he is as an artist. Because I feel like the music he made was like along like the type of fame is like black. Or the dude that's like 6LACK, but they call him black. Like around there, yeah, he's mainstream. Yeah, people love him. Yeah, he's well-known, but he's well-known for his style and genre and feeling his music. And The Weeknd really had that when he first came out on those first three mixtapes. Then he came out with a collaboration of them all. And he had a voice kind of like Mike. I mean, his voice, he, I don't really know anyone that could really sing as well as him out for a guy right now. Okay. Just doing his genre of music. I mean, well, Bob, well, I wasn't going to put them up in the house, I was going to say his name, but he's not even in that type of category because he's strict. Very category. It's, 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 it's kind of hard because, like, what's the name? Young M.A. or what I call a young mom said something interesting about there's no such thing as R&B no more. She missed R&B. And I, I feel her in that sense because the majority of R&B artists are more rappers now. They do the Drake thing, the rap and sing thing. You know what I'm saying? And it, 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 it goes and go back to when you just was just pure R&B when you sung. How many good R&B artists you know? Just like good, solid R&B. I'm not talking about this like I'm going to start rapping through the song. Nowadays? Yeah. Even Trey Songz. It, it, it's few and far between. I think Trey Songz is garbage as an R&B thing. Oh, man. I think Trey Songz go hard. Well, his content hit. Because he's sticking to what he know. Sex appeal. What sells? Sex. So he sticks to that. When we want to hear Trey Songz talk greasy on the album, so they have a little fancy him taking his shirt off. Boom, it works, it sells for him. Chris Brown is a great entertainer. He's an overall artist. Chris Brown is specifically for R&B, but he's more popish, if you think about it. He's yeah. more pop than anything. Not saying he's not R&B, but he's more pop. He's more pop related to me, in a sense. Yeah, I think I think Chris Brown. I don't know. I like a lot of Chris Brown's music. I will tell you, there's there's a lot of real female R&B artists around right now. 
You know who trashed to me? Well, not trash. I wasn't. That's too strong. Well, but your girl. Um, well, not your girl, but Lizzo. I heard that first album. Ugh. I was like, so this is what the fuss was about. Not that good. I still got that. What's the name album to me? Blew me away. Um, so Noah Lambert. No one was talking about? Her album was really good. Her album was like real R&B. Her album was so good, it made me go listen to all. So uh, her other two albums, which are really good as yes, well. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It made me listen to because I never heard of her. And I was just like, one day, it just popped up on my Spotify. And I usually don't be on Spotify. I usually be on my Apple. She's on Division's new album, too. And they made yeah. a song together. It's really good. So I looked at it. I said, hey, yo. I listened, I listened to that album for like two weeks straight, over and over. Um, Feels. Yes. Ari Lennox. That's a great album, too, from Greenville. Yeah, Ari Lennox is true. She's like a soulful R&B. She's like... I don't want to say India. I want to say, I want to say India Irie fully because she's a little bit more spunky than India Irie. India Irie is just full, just soulful. Tiana, I like Tiana Taylor. Like, Tiana would be equivalent of... Let me see. Because she's... You know, she'd be the equivalent of like somebody like Ashanti or I just feel like she's feeling the vibe of Ashanti. Like not singing style wise, but she has that vibe. She has that swagger. I like her. H E R. Herbie Jamming. But a lot of people say her fell off to me. Herbie Jamming. I like her. I wonder if she fell off more than looking for more material right now. Because yeah. sure, a lot of her songs started to kind of have the same feel. What's the, uh, what's the other one that looked like her? Um, Scissor? No, not Scissor. Scissor's brown skin. Scissor would be more relatable to uh, Ari Lennox in her style of music. Yeah. She's with TDE. Oh, with uh, Kendrick? Yeah. So. And I think all of them have great albums. Way better than Lizzo. Lizzo album was... Uh, it was okay. It wasn't what... I thought it was going to be something that blow me away, and it wasn't. And, you know, people be like, mm, you know, this is this. I said, man, it was all right. Mm-hmm. And that's just that. I never listened to Lizzo. It's all right. And she's talented. She's very talented. And things like... Because you won't be half naked. People focus more on that instead of actual talent and you can wear what you want but it's pretty entertaining you can you can wear what you want but when you show up to a Lakers game and your butt out like a lot of butt yeah it was like it was it was even huger on the jumbo tron it was like she was sitting next to like two kids and an adult (laughs) it was just like she she went to the game with her butt out I was like no 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 and so people they was upset and getting people flat because she can be what she wanna wear. Y'all don't need to if she was smaller, she y'all be some first thing first. I don't care if you're small, big what your butt should be out at the Lakers game. <laughs> Period. There's kids there. Well kids that this that kids be everybody else, they be doing I say, stop making excuses. They shouldn't be there either. Well that don't mean they're not gonna Period. Her butt was out. It was like almost like Prince with the ass chaps. We just had the butt out and the chaps he had on. It was just the equivalent of that. Were they both considered prolific or was just Prince prolific? Prince was prolific. <laughs> this old will hope to be prolific. So, this is one thing else. So, discussion about cultures and stuff like this. Do you think there's a issue within the black culture about how certain blacks are viewed as and some blacks are viewed as not being black enough or stuff like that? Is that like, what you feel about that? I feel that's a real real that's a real thing. 
a real social issue that we have as African Americans. You feel we're our worst on them, our worst enemy at times? As individuals or a culture, you mean? As a culture. I feel like we make ourselves an easy target, which makes us, which, which as a result makes us our worst enemy. Okay. I feel like it's all the problem because they have some people that's from different backgrounds and stuff in which we're all going to be from different backgrounds so some people as blacks feel lesser because I guess they didn't have the same struggles or went through the same poverty but you know we all have different struggles so you're not going to see you're not going to be able to walk in one man's shoe and see the issue if you can't walk in your shoe and see the issue you know what I'm saying so it's kind of stupid to say, well, he's not black enough. I feel like we individualize a lot in our community. And there's a, there's a groupthink idea of things and ways black should be. And I, you look at a lot of other cultures, and those cultures have customs and cultural identities, but you can't be too French or not French enough. Too Italian, no Italian, not Italian enough. You're Italian, you're Italian, you're French, you're French. Being African American, black, there shouldn't be no gate, there should be no gate, there should not be a gauge to where you can be, you cannot possess enough qualities to be accepted for your own ethnicity. The qualities you're born with. That's how I look at that. To me, it's like this. You're black, you're black. All the time, I'm kicking out the black community if you do some trifling stuff, like some clown shit. I don't get down with that. Like, there are some black men, I guess they don't date black women because of, well, I guess, of a stereotype they heard or something like that. So they'll say little sly things to insult them. You know what I'm saying? That I have an issue with. It's not the issue that you don't think black women. It's the issue that you're taking time to disrespect them and your mother is a black woman. Think about it, you know what I'm saying? So you're being indirectly disrespectful to your mother. You know? Because you're being generalized, you're generalizing her into a category that could be false. That's should be actually false in a sense. So like I know a couple. A couple. You know, people get a little mad. Because I call a couple people coons, call a couple people sellouts. They'll get over it. I mean, it is what it is. You know? It's just like this you have to love and appreciate your culture. You know. What do you think about that? I think it goes into part that it goes, you know, it's incorporated to the love who you are. Yeah, that, that's a part of it. You can't like take away from who you are. You can hide it. You could you could try to mask it, but that is part of your identity. Uh, whatever your ethnicity is in the cultural features that that accompany that. And whether or not you choose to accept them and follow them as your own personal beliefs, but that's a part of that's a part of you. Like if you're African American, you can't sit up there and not recognize Martin Luther King and Mama. It's like everyone knows what he did, but you can't take it away even if you really want to. Because you'd be looked at and viewed differently. Who ideals you identify more with? Malcolm or Martin? I think both. They were both extremes. Okay. Not, not more Malcolm was the extreme. Felt like Martin was closer to his own extreme, but not so much an extreme. Like, like he was more passive. Was he so passive that he was allowed himself just to get beat up, ran over just cause? Not per se, he was smarter about it. That's why I say he wasn't extreme. Malcolm went to the extreme in his ideas and making people understand his ideas, I feel. That was a 
good point you hit on. It's very true because Malcolm was 